0: Welcome. Welcome Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old Sports Talk.
1: Get out! (laughs) You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This air show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the
0: hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions. You have the knack. You have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host. Guys, an absolute stud, John Zaglur.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk Chicago. My name's John Zaglur. John Benos is here directing and producing. We're presented by our good sponsors Amish Country Farms. We're live right now on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook at Sports Talk Chicago. You can follow me personally at John Z Sports all over the internet. We have a huge guest to open up today's program. He's a three-time Pro Bowler, NFL legend, the founder of Extreme or Lights Out Extreme Fighting. Big guest here with us tonight. It's Sean Merriman. Sean, great to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing
0: well, man. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm curious, how you get the nickname "Lights Out"? How did that come up?
0: <laughs> man, uh, my sophomore year uh, in high school, actually, I knocked out uh, four guys, four kids in one game.
1: <laughs> so who came up? Who coined the term? Was it your coach? You know, a parent, a friend? Yeah, man. Now, actually,
0: right after the game, I had twenty students come run up to me saying, "You knocked those guys' lights out," wow. and uh, so that name kind of stuck with me all the way through.
1: And I was going to say that is such a smart way then to <laughs> name your fighting league that to name it Lights Out. I think that's such just a smart thing to do. How did that league come up?
0: Well, you know, I started I started to train uh, during my off seasons and uh, between 2005 and 2006. And uh, I, I just wanted to help my handout coordination and football, you know, just get better at football, right? Being an outside linebacker and pass rusher, being able to use your hands and whatnot. Um, and I just started to do it every single offseason. I, and I got really good at it. So uh, in 2018, um, I launched Lightside Extreme Fighting. Or t- sorry, 2019, launched Lightside Extreme Fighting. Uh, as you said, we're now on Fubo Sports, football TV. Um, so now everybody can see us not only in the in in the, in the u.s but canada france and some parts of spain uh so it, it's been you know what it's um if you talk to any any former athlete about what they miss about the game and say they'll the first thing they'll say they'll they, they miss a locker room right they miss being around the guys they miss being competitive so for me it's almost like therapy to be around these uh fighters because they like they love to get after they're talking trash all the time and uh, fortunately enough, I built up a big enough platform where I can get behind these guys, promote them, because we got the next up and coming like great superstars.
1: What's been the most rewarding part of starting this thing from scratch and having it grow to where it is now?
0: Um, the viewership. To be honest, uh, we had a fight January fourteenth. We broke into football sports uh, top ten most watched all time, and so. Um, I, I'm I'm a if you follow me on, on social media, I'm always talking back and forth to the fans, Raiders fans. Avery, I'm talking crap, talking, you know, retweet and repost and going back and forth because I, I truly believe that the, the fans drive everything we do, right? And if you listen to them, if you hear them, they'll tell you if they like something, they'll tell you if they don't. Um, so with that being said, um, you know when you got high high viewership numbers like that, and people are coming, and you have you know. All of, our, all of our GAs are sold out, and half of our case out are sold out, and we're three weeks away from the fight. You know, we'll have over a thousand people in there, um, and so for me, that'll, that's that's really cool because it tells me a lot. You know, that people like what we're doing.
1: What should we expect from the fight on the sixth?
0: Uh, organized violence. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, we, we got you know we got about four we got about four guys I think on this card that um, probably won one or two fights with us and done maybe the UFC or so um and they're they're up-and-coming superstar one one guy in particular julian duckensfield um uh, he played full he played football in college in Fullerton uh fullerton and this guy still has that explosiveness of a like a football player and athlete and that like his hand i mean he, he might have dynamite in his hands this guy's like next level uh trying to get uh, ryan lily back on his card he's fought for us a couple of times uh he's been around for a long time so For me, even though I have, you know, great matchmakers, I have great production operations guys and all that stuff, I'll get into certain parts to like, okay, I know because I've trained and been around a lot of these guys for a long time. So I can kind of, you know, look at certain things and, and know what people want.
1: So how do you feel when you lose a fighter to the UFC? Is that a successful thing for you? Does it hurt because you might lose viewership or you lose fans?
0: No, not really. Um, you know, for us, look, I, I played at the University of Maryland, right? That's like uh, like me wanting to stay at University of Maryland my whole entire career never have an opportunity to play in the NFL. So ultimately, I know that's the goal for some of these guys, which is cool. Um, I think what makes us a little bit different is um, the fighters, they want to come and fight there because they know that everybody's watching, right? The viewership, the social media. Um, our ability to promote and production and, 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 just, you know, do things to elevate the fighters and give them an opportunity to prolong their career. Some of these guys just want to stay with us and, you know, stay with us for a while. And if they get the opportunity, great, if not great. And they want to just stay active and keep fighting. So, um, you know, to see some of the guys who want to go to UFC and, and have that opportunity is it's cool.
1: Got NFL legend Sean Merriman here with us on Sports Talk Chicago. I'm John Zaglul. John Meadows is directing and producing here tonight. Sean, I wanted to talk some Chargers with you. How would you feel about their season this past year? Good year, but that end result was certainly tough.
0: Yeah, you hit it right on the, right on the head. That that end was, was a, a gut punch to all the former Chargers and, and, and Chargers fans, and you hate to see them go out like that because you know they're they're a much better team. Um, the way they were slammed on the gas the first half, and, and you know, you everybody, I mean, I, hell, I, I even turned the TV, uh, you know, in and out, right? And I was popping off, and uh, I turned it back, and the score, and I turned it back, and the score, and I'm like, okay, something's going on here. Um, but I think that what the Chargers did this offseason, uh, the making a, a, the coaching acquisition of, of Kellen Moore, uh has been the biggest move of their entire uh, you know coaching staff across the league and i say this because he's walking into a a, a locker room with a justin herbert right a austin Eckler in the backfield and mike williams and keenan Allen and everett palmer who who came on and had a, had a really good year so you give him those weapons and his style of play and, and being able to slam on the gas and, and and ability to use everybody in every position get everybody to the ball um, they're gonna be dangerous. You know, they start playing well on the defense side of the ball, the defensive line started playing well the last four or five games of the year. I think they finished somewhere in the top five or top seven in defense um towards the end of the year. So they're gonna come out firing off. I'm I'm really excited about what they're what they're capable of doing this year.
1: You buy Justin Herbert as the quarterback of the future for this team.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. This dude, he's a quiet – hes you know, it's funny being around him because he's so quiet and he comes across as humble. But you can also tell, like, that um, that confidence without him saying much. He's, he's there. He, know, he knows he's good. Um, he's a great leader. Guys respect the hell out of him. And he always seemed to keep his composure. You know, you, you never really see him where the game or the moment is too big for him. And that's even before you start talking about his physical attributes and, and what he can do with the football and how big his arm is and what his capabilities are, the way he moves. I mean, I remember meeting this meeting this guy, him walking up to me. I didn't realize he was six seven, right? And I'm, I kind of <laughs> caught myself like, you know, I'm six six almost six five, and I kind of caught myself looking up just a slight tad bit, and I said, okay, this is a this is a different beast we're dealing with here. But um, anyway, great quarterback, and I think he's going to do uh, wonders for that team.
1: How confident are you in Brandon Stanley and his leadership moving forward?
0: That's to me, that's his biggest quality is his leadership. Now, I, I know that you know some people out there are gonna say oh, they question his, you know, play calling ability or his risk taking or whatever, but I can tell you one thing about Brandon Stanley, man. He's a he's a great leader of that team. Um and, and in my opinion, I don't know because I wasn't at the wasn't at the uh meetings when they when they were talking about coaches and whatnot, in my opinion, that's why they kept him there. Right, I think he just needed some help to open up that offense and and really let those guys go because there were certain points and times last year where I'm like, dude, I mean, Mike Williams is open, this guy is open. Why, you know, why are we, you know, dumping it off to Eckler when this, you know, it's just, I, I believe it's going to be a um, a much different season and a more exciting season.
1: How do you compare this Chargers team to your team from 2006 that went 14 and two? Is there a comparison?
0: Well, you know, you can definitely hit a lot more, that's for sure. (laughs) Less rules. Uh, Well, okay, so obviously you can't replace a guy like LaDainian, right? You can't can't compare that to anybody. You can't compare anybody to Antonio Gates and, you know, some of those teams that we had on the defense. But I think collectively – collectively and what they have across the board of both offense and defense and Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, you know, um, you know, uh, Murray is is there, Derwin, collectively across the board, they have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl than we did. Um, And the reason why I'm saying that is, is that the path other than Patrick Mahomes really to get there is a lot different. Like they don't have to go through Tom Brady, right? Like, you know, we had Tom Brady. You know, so we it was a lot of – it was past to, to get there. Um, and it's wide open, I believe. Uh, you know, I, I don't think Kansas City is just going to be a lock walking into this season. Like, the AFC is tough. You know, hell, even Jacksonville. Man, Jacksonville, at the, towards the end of that season, they started, to, they started to really rally and play well. So they could be somebody that could just be a pain in your ass, like, down the road. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I really do think they got a shot.
1: When you reflect on that 2006 season, what comes to mind for you?
0: Um, it's you know I, I don't really regret anything about my career. Certain things I wish I could have done different, or maybe took sure. care of my body a little bit more, sat out and not played hurt. Just those little little teeny things. Um, but that '06 team we had is was it should have gone down as like one of the best teams of the decade you know, because we were just so stacked on in every position almost, and we were so dominant, and I think that's that's what separated us, because we didn't just win games, we were dominating a lot of people, um, and by a lot of points, and sacks, and turnovers, I think one year we finished up like 65 sacks, or something crazy on defense, or somewhere in the 60s, and um, Wade Phillips, and Greg Minuski and John Pagondi, if you look at that, uh, Marty Schottenheimer, just look at that staff alone and what came from that staff and how many uh, head coaches and defensive coordinators across the league. So we we were pretty uh, equipped and not to get a ring. That that one's always going to sting no matter what.
1: Do you guys ever go back and forth and reminisce and say what you're kind of saying, like we should have gotten a ring. We should have done it that year.
0: Uh, yeah, but, you know, not often as you think. I think the the hardest part for me, you know, because obviously you know, I go do shows or whatever, and, you know, might go up to the NFL Network or whatever. And I remember one time um, I was doing NFL Network and Willie McGinnis, Deion Sanders, and Marshall Falk, and Irvin, I, and I'm on a panel, I think Kurt, um, Kurt Warner, we were all on the same panel doing Total Access, and all I saw was ring, 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 ring. They all had rings. And so that right there, you know, that type of thing stung a little bit. Right. Just because I'm so damn competitive and I want to, you know, want to go down as, you know, one of the best. And um, so so that that part. Yeah, absolutely.
1: How did you end up leading the NFL in sacks and not play 16 games?
0: Well, I was I probably should have had over 20, um, you know, 22 (laughs) sacks. Well so my after my first year I was I was terrible my rookie year at using my hands I mean I know I went to the pro Bowl and all pro and defensive rookie year and all that stuff but I was terrible using my hands because I was just so accustomed to being bigger stronger and faster than everybody else so I just ran around you I ran through you or ran under you but I didn't use my hands so I started to do MMA. Uh, which really allowed me to use my hands a lot more, be active. I, I started getting very, very active and violent with my hands and chop clubs and pull guys and doing different things. Um, and then also too, man, when I got suspended, I had a chip on my shoulder. I was so damn, I was so pissed off, you know. Um, I was notified of my suspension after the first game that I was going to get suspended, and so I had that in my head the whole season. I was just very, very like pissed off and wanted to go out there and make something big happen and and that's how you know you get 17 sacks in 12 games a <laughs> <laughs> pissed off sean merman i guess
1: how'd you feel about that suspension when it was handed down that was a huge deal back at that time
0: it was huge um because it could have went a couple different ways the nfl had this strict policy like hey you take anything outside of this on this ban list that's it no negotiating no copping a plea no getting out of this you put it in your body insurance boom you're done um, and so that time was, was pretty, you know, was pretty rough for me because I actually thought that they were just going to find me four games because they knew what happened. They all knew what happened. Um, and so when I went forward and I was playing and I just realized that I, there was no way around it, we actually picked the four games that I was going to be suspended. Um, we, we picked those four games and I accepted the four games because we had like Denver and uh, the Bengals and <laughs> Cleveland, it, it was some teams that wouldn't, wasn't good. And so The coaches basically said, hey, we we don't need you for these four games. Take these four games, right? And I said, okay, cool. Took my suspension, and that that was that.
1: Wow. And then what about the rest of your career? I mean, you had a very strong start, and things kind of broke down near the end. You got some injuries. Um, Yeah. How do you feel about the way your career ended? I blew
0: my knee out. Um, I got hit in the Tennessee game. I was targeted in 2007. Uh, so I blew my knee out and then actually I came back from my knee. My knee wasn't really the problem. I, I lost a little bit, but not a whole lot. But the compensation of me blowing my Achilles out after that is, is what got me. And so with me, I was all about explosion and being able to do things off the line of scrimmage. That was my game, you know, being 265 or 268, being able to jump, run and, and do things that I did. And, and when, my, when I blew my Achilles out, it just wasn't the same anymore. So I came back. I played a couple of years in Buffalo. I played okay, um, but when you do that, I, it was just no way. I was never going to be the same again. And that's all, ultimately that—that that is why I retired. I said, you know what? I'm just when you are used to winning in certain situations and you can't win like you did anymore, it, it is very frustrating. And uh, I had other opportunities to pursue, and that's—that's that's when I, you know, end up going to just saying, and the Bills offered me a contract to come back. You know, they hadn't, they said, hey, you know, we'll give you another year a two year deal. You come back. And I just said, that's it, man. I'm, you know, I'm done. I, I'm go, you know, TV and do lights out stuff. And, and that was it.
1: How did you come to terms with it? Like, how did you feel knowing, okay, I'm walking away from the only game I've ever known? Well, the funny thing
0: is, is that the, the actual person, the athlete, is the last person to know you need to retire. Everybody <laughs> else knows. <laughs> right. um, and so I think I got to a point where, um, I remember watching film and I just did, I didn't look like myself. I didn't have that burst. I was slow changing directions because I couldn't push off like I used to. Um, and it was literally that. And so everybody else knew that I wasn't the same player, but mentally, like w- what makes us is that we're mentally stronger than the average person because we, we, we got to deal with injuries and, you know, you got to be able to suck it up right when things happen. Um And I was just like, you know what? That's it. I'm done. Because if I can't compete, if I can't dominate, then it's ultimately going to affect me more than I want it to. And uh, I had some really good opp- some post-career opportunities. I said, look, man, if I don't have so- a slightly bigger deal somewhere to come back, then it's not worth it. I'm going to go and pursue all the things that I'm doing now.
1: Lights Out nine's coming up, Sean. Um, how can people watch it? How can people see it? I want to make sure we get that across, too. Make sure we plug it.
0: Yeah, so uh, uh, May 6th. Um, we'll be in Los Angeles, California. Lights Out Extreme Fighting Nine. Um, you can get your tickets at lightsoutxf.com. Lightsoutxf.com for anybody that's seeing this or whatever. If you can't make the fight, you got to check us out on FuboTV, Fubo Sports. If you don't have Fubo, get it. This will be our biggest card yet. Like I said, we got four up and comers on there that people need to see. These guys are gonna throw down, um, and it starts 4 p.m. Pacific.
1: Sean Berriman still here with us on Sports Talk Chicago. Sean, a few more questions before we finish up. Who was your favorite teammate when you played in the NFL? You know, we, we
0: had um, we we had a very, very tight-knit group, right? Like uh, the quarterbacks didn't go sit with the quarterbacks, the running backs over the running backs. Like, no, Phillip Rivers would come and sit down in the middle of the linebacker the defensive lineman. Like, we had one of those teams. Um but I would say Stephen Cooper and, and Sean Phillips were. We, they called us the three amigos. We were always together. Love Jamal Williams. Low Neal. Lo Neal was probably one of my favorite. Lorenzo Neal is probably one of my favorite teammates, probably the biggest character on the team. Um, LT, man, you know, you, walking in the locker room, LT and Antonio Gates, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. It's a twenty, I just turned 21 years old, so it, it don't get much better than that one.
1: I have a comment here from Steve Woodpark and he asks you what did Sean think of local product Larry English so we're from Illinois we're from the Chicago yeah. area Larry came from here uh, did he think they could have been a great tandem if not for the injuries so that's from Steve what do you think about that
0: yeah well they brought Larry in to replace me um, <laughs> and, and so that's that's like my brother man that's that's a little bro um and so I think that um Larry's you got you had to put him in position right? Right. Uh, to do certain things. I think he would have made a great three headed monster by having us three on the field because he was very explosive and he was strong um, and he had like a sh- uh, a shorter build to him, but very, very explosive and great leverage. And so I think that if they found a way, a package to bring Larry in and bring him along, uh, I think he would have had a, a much, much better career
1: what was the favorite team or favorite year of a team that you were on in the NFL? Is it 2006?
0: Oh, for sure. That to, that to me was the funnest year because how dominant we were. Um, I mean, I remember having a conversation with Marty Schottenheimer before the game and he would literally tell other teams, tell just out loud what we're doing, what we're running. And he'd say, Hey, it doesn't matter what, if they know what we're doing is can they stop it? If we had that attitude about us, um, the whole city of San Diego was on fire. And I think, I think nationally that put a lot of us on the map around that time, right? Like everybody knew about LT and Gates and you know, I just started coming off my, my rookie year, but Luis Castillo started to come out there and Igor Shansky and Sean Phillips. People started to make a name for themselves because the country is watching.
1: And Sean, before we finish up today, last question for you, this one might take some thinking, what's the funniest moment that you've been a part of in the NFL? Um,
0: so we talked about the injuries and me coming back or, or whatever. And I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't plan the same, but, uh, we were playing the Raiders and I, and I felt, I started to feel, it was after my after my injury. And I started to feel kind of decent and, you know, LT told me that, uh, Hey man, you get three or four sacks this game. I'm gonna run on the field and dance. Right. And so I think I had one or two in the first half or something and I was about on my way to a third and uh I look up right after the play and the Lt is like in the middle of the field doing like a lasso dance right and, and I got they got a picture of it somewhere and the probably' I, I'm never, I don't I'm not, I don't laugh during the game I'm serious I'm like in a whole different mentality and'm I'm, I'm somewhere else with it I never laughed as hard playing football before in my life and I was laughing so hard that my shield I had to run to the sideline because I was crying. My sh- I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't see. It was tears, um, and so I think that that was probably the funniest thing that's ever happened um, football wise. Yeah, that means just for, for one, it's LT, but two. Um, <laughs> He actually said it. It was totally unexpected. You know, I was two sacks in, of going on my third sack, and I just look up out the blue, and LT is literally halfway into the middle of the field <laughs> during the game, and I, I mean, I could not stop laughing, man. It was the hardest, the hardest time I've ever laughed before in my life on the field.
1: Well, Sean, thank you so much for joining us. Amazing conversation. Uh, best wishes with Lights Out. And again, for everybody who's watching who may not be able to make it, going to be on Fubo TV May 6th. I think it's going to be a great card and a great fight. And Sean, we appreciate you taking time out to join us here tonight. You got it, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. That was Sean Merriman. And this is John Zaglul. John Meadows here with you right here on Sports Talk Chicago. That was an awesome interview. Uh, Sean, how about that? Some really cool insights on the Chargers. Uh, what really shocked me, whole part of the interview, the fact that he said this Chargers team today has a better chance of winning the Super Bowl than that 2006 team. And that 2006 team, I mean, I remember. I was young, but I remember that team. That team was electric. You played them on Madden, you'd win every game. That's how I remember them. Madden 06, Madden 07, Madden 08, Vince Young in the cover. You would play the 2006 Chargers and you were guaranteed to win. Phillip Rivers, Sean Phillips, Sean, uh, uh, Sean Merriman. Um, LaDanian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates. My goodness, what a team. And uh, that was so much fun. What a great time. Want to make sure, again, we promo that event coming up May 6th, live on FUBU, Lights Out 9. So Sean, after his playing career, started up a MMA league that kind of serves as a feeder league to the UFC. He's going to have a big card coming up there on May 6th on Fubo. So if you don't have Fubo, and you want to watch the card, check him out. Um, If you're in the Los Angeles area, maybe some of you guys are, Uh, Tickets are still available. You can go and purchase them (laughs) and uh, check those out here today. We're presented by our good sponsor, Amish Country Farms, for the best Amish food and all of Chicagoland. Hit them up today in Orland Park. Uh, Pie sales are over, but the fun still gets going over there. They are open. New summer hours are here every day, 9 to 7 p.m. So they're going to be open a lot, and if you need your Amish fix during the summer and you don't want to drive all the way over there during the heat or during work, You could go to Amish Country Farms in Orland Park, check them out today, and tell them Sports Talk Chicago sent you. Remember, you can follow us everywhere at John Z Sports. We're also live Twitter, uh, or rather Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube, all at Sports Talk Chicago. Um, Again, big thank you to Sean Merriman. That was awesome. Uh, Somebody I certainly watched growing up, and he was a great player.